This is Tim Waters. I'd like to thank you for joining me in this session, Leadership Level 4, Multiplication. And I hope you'll be able to hear the other three podcasts in this series, The Four Levels of Leadership. If you'd like to take notes, I encourage you to download free worksheets from the web. Just go to this address, www.drtw.net slash newleader. Again, that's drtw.net slash newleader. As I've said before, I don't claim to be an expert on the topic of leadership, but my years in church work and my years as a college professor have taught me lots of things. If I can help new leaders avoid unnecessary mistakes, then I feel it's well worth our time to go through these sessions together. After this fourth podcast, Leadership Level 4 Multiplication, you will have had the chance to study all four levels, giving you a better picture of the possibilities that lie ahead for your leadership. As we've seen in the previous podcasts, our leadership can progress through four levels. Leadership Level 1, Personal Success. Leadership Level 2, Team Asset. And Leadership Level 3, Team Leadership. And then this fourth Leadership Level, Multiplication. When good things begin to happen in your leadership, God desires for those things to be shared in an appropriate way. So what does that mean to share in an appropriate way? Well, I think it means this. While it's great that I'm enjoying the benefits of personal success and leadership success, God also wants me to help others find a similar path toward their own success. Sometimes this happens as I am part of a team. Sometimes this happens as I lead a team. And sometimes this happens as I learn from my own leadership journey and pass along success to other teams and leaders of teams, and sometimes even assembling new teams in the process. Said another way, while it's rewarding to know that my own leadership is helping others right here and right now, God desires that I also begin to raise up other leaders and teams who can go beyond my own success and impact other people I would never even meet. And that brings us to the focus of this session, multiplication. I think it's completely fair to ask the question, why is multiplication important? And why are we talking about this now? Is it premature to discuss such an advanced concept with someone who might have limited experience so far as a leader? Why would I want to look that far into the future if I've just gotten started as a leader? Well, it's never too early to look at the bigger picture, even if much of it is still off in the future. While it may take some time to get to leadership level four in your own life, planning ahead is always a smart move. And just because you've never done it before, don't let that hold you back from making plans. But when it comes to planning, you can't base everything on just what you've experienced up to this point in life. Sometimes we have to see beyond our own culture or background, letting God decide where the fence posts belong. After all, He knows more about our future than we do. So if multiplication is so important, how do we get there? The good news is that God takes us there one step at a time. The first step toward multiplication is related to the first test, and I call it the test of expanded vision. Now we know what vision is since it guides our direction. So then how do I expand my own leadership vision? Well, first by realizing what you don't know about leadership and then becoming stronger and better at it. Second, by realizing that your leadership is bigger than you are and beginning to help others grow into their own leadership. And then third, by beginning to see beyond the borders of your own comfort zone and beyond the borders of your network of people. This is not the time to get stuck on thinking small. Instead, this is the time to dream. The time to think about all the possibilities God can bring to pass. And you're not being irresponsible to dream like this. In fact, it's part of your leadership journey. 
It's possible to work toward success in your current season while keeping an eye toward future possibilities. You may remember the story of Abram in Genesis 17 and the promise God made to him about one day becoming the father of many nations. As hard as it was for Abram to imagine the future that was coming for him, God still wanted him to look ahead toward the day when he would one day be called Abraham. So like Abraham, when we see our own lives as part of the bigger picture God is working on for the future, multiplication makes sense. After all, isn't Christianity about reaching others with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Scripture states that God desires that no one perish in eternity without Him, and that's what makes Christian evangelism so vital. So from a faith standpoint, it makes no sense to keep God's good news to ourselves, and it's the same with successful leadership. We should be ready and willing to share with others and plant good seeds into their success. The best kind of leadership wants the best for everyone involved. Why limit the impact your life can have on the world when you have the ability to touch so many lives simply by passing along your leadership success to others? As you begin to pass this test of expanded vision, you'll soon begin to encounter the test of stewardship. A good leader knows when to keep certain information discreet, but a smart leader also knows that some kinds of information have to be passed along to others if his leadership success is going to last. In fact, as you look into the future of your leadership, you begin to realize that your leadership legacy won't continue on if you don't find some way of sharing and imparting it with other people. Matthew 25 reveals the parable of the talents. It's interesting to realize as this story ends who received correction and who received praise. It didn't seem to matter why the one servant buried his talent. The point was that he did nothing else with it. But it was the servants who made more with what they had who were rewarded and celebrated. Apparently, Jesus felt strongly enough about this concept to share this parable. Apparently, there's something to this concept of making the most out of what you have. And you could look at your leadership the same way. As you find success, will you cultivate the leadership skills of those around you, or will you keep your success strategies to yourself like some kind of secret recipe? Some leaders have chosen not to share with others. Why? It could be fear, insecurity, poor communication skills, or maybe other reasons. But it doesn't have to be that way. A good term to use at this point might be leadership stewardship. You see, not only can I be a good steward of my money, my time, and my talent, but true leadership stewardship demands that I also use my leadership influence to improve the lives of those around me, and especially emerging leaders. And if you and I are going to pass this test of stewardship, then we must be ready and willing to share the things we've learned from our leadership experiences. Okay, so if you're ready now to share more of your leadership success with others, you might be asking yourself, how do I share? Speaking about the mission field, a pastor friend once said, if it's not working at home, don't export it. I think that's also a good rule of thumb for our leadership. At this point, if my leadership tends to inflict rather than inspire, then maybe it's not time yet to start multiplying. But I can still plan for that future season by getting better at being a leader right now. And when the time is right, God will make sure you connect with the people who need that improved leadership. You see, God doesn't bless us with good things just so we can keep them all for ourselves. As we continue to study the life of Abraham in scriptures, it becomes clear that God didn't intend for him to keep all the blessings to himself. Those blessings were intended to help other people as well. Likewise, as Christians, we are also blessed in order to be a blessing to other people. Taken a step further, Smart Christian leaders are always looking for that next person to mentor, train, and pour into. 
Sharing certain leadership elements will take some management skills on your part, but don't feel intimidated. It's okay if you don't have an MBA degree. God will help you move ahead from whatever level you currently find yourself. Let's look at some very practical ways you can begin to share with others. First, there's delegation, sharing the load with others. Done properly, this can be a win-win for all involved. After delegation comes inspection. This helps keep delegated items on track by holding others around you accountable. And then there's training, mentoring, and discipling others on a regular basis. This has some tremendous benefits for those receiving from you. First, sharing your insights helps others avoid mistakes. And second, imparting your vision and values into others can improve their own leadership skills almost immediately. And by being so intentional about sharing with others, you reap great benefits of your own. First, by seeing opportunities beyond just one team or just one leader, allowing for the multiplication we all know needs to happen. And second, by sharing on an ongoing basis, you're eventually raising up your replacement at this level, freeing you up for new leadership vistas and opportunities down the road. So now that we have an idea of how to share, let's talk about knowing what to share. At this point, it may help to begin to document things, making it easier to share important concepts with those around you. Concepts such as, this is how we do things here, or this is why we do things this way here, or even, when this situation occurs, we tend to handle it this way. By documenting things that haven't yet been written down, you now have at least three options. First, you now have something concrete to hand to new people, making it easier for them to get up to speed. Second, you now have something to help train others you may never even meet, saving them the trouble of reinventing the wheel wherever they may be. And third, you now have something that sets the stage for the future, offering stability even as changes and improvements are made. And realize that documenting also provides some immediate benefits. In almost every case, when you stop and take the time to document things like this, you gain more insight for yourself and for others around you. As a result, things can get better right here and right now, even as you're looking ahead for later. And not only is it a good idea to document things for now and for later, but also consider this. You may have to create or update certain things here and now before God releases you to the next level of leadership. Speaking of the next level, now let's talk about growth. If things are moving in the right direction, there will eventually be some kind of growth. Some of that will be harder to see since it will happen on the inside of you, the leader but some growth will be more obvious and noticeable as your leadership momentum attracts people and resources. It's important to realize early on that structure supports growth. One of the most challenging situations in leadership is to be in charge while things grow faster than expected. And while that's a good problem to have for a time, a leader never wants to stay for long in that place of being overwhelmed. Earlier, I spoke about having some management skills. Now let's look at some other ways to stay on target in the here and now while we look ahead to possibilities that will later come with multiplication. Staying on target happens first by praying. But isn't this a given, you might ask? Sure, as Christians, we should live a life filled with prayer. But for a leader who wants to see good things multiply, prayer is vital since it allows God to keep our efforts on the right track. Along with praying comes planning, keeping track of ideas and possibilities for the future. Now, just because an idea doesn't fit the here and now, that doesn't make it worthless. Some ideas are for later. When in doubt, don't throw an idea away, but rather store it in a file called later. And along with praying and planning comes tracking. 
comparing today's success with where we need to be later on. By taking the time to look at things in a realistic way now, you save yourself some trouble later by avoiding as many negative surprises as you can. As a leader who is focused on multiplying things for later, the more time you can devote to prayer, planning, and tracking, the better. Now, so far we've looked at the positive side of multiplication, but there's also another side of this. As you begin to stretch out toward multiplication, you may encounter criticism. Why? Well, some people don't see growth and expansion as a good thing. In fact, some people are actually threatened by change. Not every environment is open to growing and multiplying things. While healthier environments equate lack of growth with stagnation or even death, some people simply don't want to rock the boat. And they may even resist positive change. Now let's get more specific. There are times when multiplication means starting a brand new thing, a new organization or team, or maybe even a new school. But sometimes multiplication involves stepping into an existing situation or organization. Sometimes it takes a new leader with new ideas to come in and adjust the vision and mission of a given situation so that more can be accomplished. When this kind of situation happens, some will begin to criticize this new direction and the leader who is leading it. And that shouldn't surprise us. As I said, some people simply don't like change, even when that change could make us all better. Some will dislike the new schedules and routines. Some will feel threatened by the change in who gets to make decisions. And believe it or not, some will dislike the fact that new people are now on the scene. But a smart leader won't let all this negativity discourage her from initiating positive changes. Because for every negative person or attitude, there will also be someone who not only wants positive change, but has actually been praying for it. In some ways, all this negativity can actually be seen as a good thing, because it shows you if you're ready to pass the test of personal resolve. Will you give up just because not everyone understands or supports you? Or will you find and connect with those people who are excited enough to move forward with you? Now, don't be surprised if others aren't as excited about your leadership success as you and God are. Scripture contains plenty of accounts of leaders who had God's backing, even though most everyone else around them didn't always give their support. But what about you? Will you quit when things become difficult? God's not asking you to do it all by yourself, but He is looking for a leader who will stand with Him and cooperates as He puts it all in order. When you or I step into a new leadership job or opportunity, we have a choice in how we see the situation. I can see myself as a victim of what's wrong with the situation, or I can decide to leave the situation better than I found it. If I decide to take that positive, proactive approach, then God can begin to use me as an agent for change in the situation. As I pray, God can then show me how to set goals and then pray in the needed people and resources. In fact, once I begin to see myself as part of the solution, partnering with God, then what looked like a disaster in the making has the potential to become one of the most exciting opportunities in my leadership journey. Consider this, you are the missing ingredient to success in that place. But you won't be able to achieve that success without partnering with God, allowing Him to lead the way toward the future. The key to passing the test of personal resolve is staying the course now so that you and God arrive together in that season of success that's coming later. Speaking of later on, consider this. Multiplication takes a focus on the future. God shows us how to balance the present while we pray ahead for future successes. But we have to be on guard about things that can break our focus. Things like hanging on to methods or traditions that don't fit anymore. 
or getting distracted with the smaller details and forgetting the big picture, or even getting stuck in bitterness and unforgiveness. In fact, I believe that one of the most important tests leaders face is what I call the test of forgiveness. It's hard to talk about the future of your leadership without the word longevity. What exactly is longevity? Well, for the leader, it means lasting for more than a few seasons. It means staying in your leadership assignment until God says otherwise. As a new leader, you might be thinking, what else would I ever want to do with my life? I would never want to stop doing this. I enjoy being a leader. I believe that some are called to temporary seasons of leadership, while others are called into leadership for the rest of their lives. But not every lifelong leader ends up staying the course over the long haul. Recent studies suggest that between 1,400 and 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. Reasons listed for their departure range from moral failure to burnout to problems and strife in their churches. And similar studies indicate that pastoral careers have become shorter. In the past, a leader might serve as pastor for around 30 years. Now the reality is that pastors are only expected to last about half that time. So why is it that some leaders don't make it all the way to the finish line? Well, I'm convinced that many leaders who step down and out of leadership are not leaving for the reasons we hear. We may hear that the leader is tired or we may hear about a moral failure, but I believe that in many cases there's a deeper root at work. In Scripture, Hebrews 12:15 calls it a root of bitterness. Now, it's normal to sometimes have feelings of being hurt, disappointed, or even being treated badly, but it's what happens next that is so vital. Because if it isn't addressed, bitterness can short-circuit your leadership longevity. You see, there is an enemy of our souls who also wants to sabotage your leadership. And why not? If he can take you out of the game, look at how many other people can be hurt or disillusioned along the way. So for the sake of your personal health and leadership success, you must decide early and often to forgive other people. It's okay if your feelings aren't always up to the job. They may take some time to catch up. But remember, it's not about how we feel. Forgiveness is a choice. And sometimes we have to choose to forgive even when we would rather retaliate. As far as long-lasting leadership goes, you and I have a very real choice, and it's this. We can get bitter or we can get better. Being bitter is easy. Just take offense at every little thing that bothers you and bitterness will eventually set in. But that same bitterness can steal your joy, your health, and also possibly your leadership position. My leadership position? How is that possible, you ask? Well, think about it. If the enemy can get you to be bitter with the people you work with, then how long before you're ready to leave and go somewhere else? But what if God's plan is for you to stay put and create success in the here and now? Understand that there are multiplied blessings that come with staying with God's assignment for your leadership seasons. Not only does God intend to make this a rich and meaningful season for you, He wants the same thing for those following your leadership. But if you allow offense and bitterness to separate you from your assigned season of leadership, then you could end up separated from not only your blessing, but that same offense and bitterness could also stop the blessing you're supposed to bring other people in the here and now. The enemy would love to see us walk away from God's best. And as leaders, we must constantly be on guard, walking in forgiveness with the people around us, so that we stay in God's best. And not just for now, but for the long haul of leadership that lies ahead. In short, if you want leadership longevity, you have to be ready and willing to forgive. While we're talking about the present, 
Let's look at how important it really is to your leadership, even as we look ahead to the multiplication of later seasons. I personally believe that our seasons of leadership are not random or accidental. In fact, I truly believe that God puts each of us in a specific leadership role for a season and for a reason. Do you know the reason for your current season of leadership? If you haven't taken time to pray specifically about this, then you won't know for sure how or why you're here or for how long. And if you don't know what this season is about, then how do you know you're doing the right things to get ready for future seasons? Please don't feel pressured. I'm not trying to scare you away from your leadership assignment, but if you don't know why you're in this special season God has created for you, then it won't take much to push you out of it. No one ever said that every season of leadership would be easy, but look at it this way. There are many seasons ahead in your life, no matter how old you are. At this point, you can't predict every single thing you'll see or do along the way. No one can know every role or job description that lies ahead. The best attitude at this point would be to keep an open mind about things, even if they don't quite look the way you thought they would. A bad attitude at this point could cause you to miss important things right now that God wants in your tool belt for later. Here's a great illustration of what I'm talking about. Back to scripture again. When King David was a boy, he may have had dreams about one day being the leader over all of Israel. But he didn't let those dreams keep him from getting the most out of the seasons between his early years and the throne. In fact, David was so involved in his early seasons that when the time came to confront Goliath, he had several small smooth stones in his pouch. How would that battle have turned out if that pouch had been empty when David reached into it? As you look to where you are now and where you're going one day, don't underestimate these earlier seasons. Be sure to take time in this season to know your reason for being in it, so that when God leads you by those small nuggets in your path, you grab them and put them into your own pouch for later. You know, ultimately, only God knows the best thing for your seasons. The challenge for many of us is to trust Him when we don't yet know the whole story. But because God is the author and finisher of our faith, we can trust Him while the later chapters of our leadership journey are still being written. This brings us to one more test, and that's the test of divine navigation. In other words, do I really trust God enough to let Him have and direct my future, especially regarding my leadership career? Because here's a dose of reality for the Christian leader. My blood, sweat, and tears will only get me so far. My talent, creativity, and ingenuity will only accomplish so much, and my great strategizing and planning will only achieve a certain amount of success. At some point, I have to let God navigate and drive the ship. That's why I call it the test of divine navigation. It's great to bring lots of talents and abilities into my season of leadership, but I have to allow God to play that part in my life that only He can accomplish. In other words, no matter how great a leader you or I ever become, we will always need his help. Scripture tells the story of the young boy with the basket of some bread and fish. Jesus literally fed thousands with the small morsels the boy had that day. And I must come to that place of realizing that God only really needs me to release what I have into his hands so that my leadership effectiveness can truly be multiplied the right way. So what kinds of things can help me succeed at this fourth level, multiplication? Remember, leadership is not a hundred-yard dash, it's a marathon. And if you're going to make it all the way to the end, you have to plan on leadership longevity. And leadership longevity will take relationships. First and foremost, this means staying close with God. 
but it also means having vital personal relationships with people. Leadership isn't always easy or popular, and often you can find yourself standing alone. And sometimes standing for or doing the right thing will have a personal cost with it. Realize that you may not find friendship or companionship among those here that you lead. You may have to look for your peers who are in other places doing the same kinds of leadership things you're doing. It's just that they may not be as close by as your own neighborhood, and it may take some effort to connect with them. For some, this is a challenging but important goal. Keeping your focus on those you lead, while at the same time reaching outside your world and networking with other leaders. It may take work to maintain this kind of connectedness, but it's always worth the effort since staying connected with other leaders sharpens us while we sharpen others. And being able to encourage each other along the way is a priceless asset. Well, now we've made it together through these sessions and the four levels of leadership. I'm glad we could take some time and go through these together. Like I said, it's so hard to cover every important topic in just four brief sessions. So stay tuned for more sessions, focusing in deeper within each of the four levels of leadership. Again, this is Dr. Tim Waters, and I'm praying for God's best as you walk forward in your leadership journey.